your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? Uh, My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad podcast. Um, I had not planned on uh, doing another episode for Season 3, and this isn't really going to be anything spectacularly uh, lengthy or in-depth, but, you know... It occurred to me yesterday that, uh, and that was the 30, 29th of December, um, my kids and I have been on COVID lockdown for 300 days today. Uh, 300 days. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy when you think about it. I have never in my life thought that I would ever have to live through something like this. Not that anybody uh, has, um, but you know, there are a lot of unique challenges that are uh, present when you are an autism or special needs parent when it comes to managing something like COVID lockdown. And and I wanted to just sort of kind of talk a little bit about some of the challenges that we faced this year and, you know, some of the ways that I was able to kind of overcome or at least make manageable some of these things. And then there's a whole slew of things that... Uh, still kind of feel like they're spinning out of control, uh, in my life. And, and there's just not a lot of, uh, control that I have over some of these things. But, you know, first of all, COVID lockdown for us is, um, I mean, some people say quarantine, some people say isolation, whatever. We just call it lockdown because we avoid other humans who have not quarantined for at least 14 days at all costs. And, uh, that has led to almost exclusive isolation and rarely do we ever leave the house. Now during the summer, we would spend some time hiking, uh, and, and getting some time in nature, but we would go to places that were, 
uh, fairly remote. And, and I mean, there might be people there, uh, but we were always masked up and, uh, you know, kept our distance and things like that. So I felt fairly comfortable with that. We don't do it anymore because COVID has gotten to the point in Ohio where, uh, I mean, it just, it's just not safe. I don't think to go outside. So, um, you know, we, we avoid that now, but you know, I think, I think remote learning, remote learning has been one of the hardest parts of this for, for my kids. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, I, I guess I didn't think that would be the case. I had, I had kind of assumed going into this that the kids would relish the idea of not having to be in the building, uh, and be able to have more control over their day, uh, this way and, and, you know, be on their, their laptops or Chromebooks or whatever, and, and be able to interact with their teachers and friends and, you know, get some sort of education while staying safe from COVID. Uh, but that has turned out not to be the case. And my kids hate remote learning. And to be honest with you, I hate remote learning. I, I think that it is one of the most challenging things that, that, that kids on the autism spectrum have to deal with currently because there is such a dramatic shift in routine uh, that's associated with this. There is a lack of services. There's a lack of, uh, you know, interaction that a lot of these kids need uh, in order to, to learn or to just make it through, uh, you know, the, the school day. Um, I'll speak for myself, uh, but I'm sure a lot of you will agree in your life. I'm not a teacher. I am not, I'm the last person who should be teaching my kids anything, uh, school related. And, and when you're remote learning, you don't have to be a teacher because everything is done, uh, online and, but you have to be a facilitator and there's a lot of times you have to try and answer questions and you have to try and keep your kids on task. And if you are lucky enough to be able to work from home, like I am, it's a nightmare because you can't seem to find a balance between, uh, you know, managing things like remote learning and working from home. It's, it's very, very challenging. It's one of the reasons why I cut off, uh, this uh, season at 40 episodes is because it was just, it was just too hard to make everything happen. I was, you know, I felt like I was losing my mind half the time and, and I just really needed a, a break. Um, you know, when you are trying to manage all of these things at one time, especially as a single parent, it is incredibly overwhelming and, and it just sort of sucks the life out of you. It's, it's really hard to, to not lose hope. It's hard to see uh, a future and, and it really is, it's a tough situation. And, And then you throw on top of that, the COVID pandemic, which is, is, is still spiraling out of control as we enter 2021. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's catastrophic. I mean, it really is life altering. And, you know, one of the things that I, I think really hinder me is, is my depression. Uh, I've talked about this on my blog a, a, a bunch of times. Um, and I'm very open about it. I don't know if I've, I think I've talked about it on, on the podcast before, but um, you know, I've been dealing with depression for most of my life and it kind of goes in, in, it sort of ebbs and flows, I guess there's, there's times where, where I'm sort of winning the battles and I feel like I'm more in control. And then there are times that I can feel 
depression having an influence on, you know, not only the way that I, I feel, but the decisions that I make, uh, you know, whether or not I want to get out of bed in the morning, you know, how I'm sleeping at night, how I'm, you know, working with my kids, how I'm working. I mean, it, it just, it just has an overall impact on everything that matters in my life. And isolation doesn't help the stress of trying to maintain your children's education while you're trying to keep them alive and COVID free, uh, is it's like a perfect storm for, uh, you know, feeding depression and, and it, it just, it's tough. It really is. And, and I think it's important that we talk about it because, uh, you know, depression is such a pervasive common, um, you know, mental health condition. Uh, and there's still a lot of stigma attached to that. And there really shouldn't be, you know, depression is nothing to be ashamed of. I, I try to talk as openly as I can because I feel like there's, it's not my fault that I'm depressed. Um, I, I do what I'm supposed to. I, I, I have my therapist, I have meds. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I do struggle with is, is the exercise part, uh, not being able to, to leave the house, uh, and not having, you know, workout equipment at home makes that very difficult. I was somebody who would get up every morning and go walk five miles. Uh, that was my routine every morning. And that, that really helped me manage my depression. And I haven't been able to do that, uh, you know, since really since my wife and I split in August of 2019. Uh, and, and I'll get into that a little bit too, but, um, that's been really tough and, and trying to find a, a means of, of, uh, productively, you know, managing these feelings is, is difficult, you know, because anything that I do impacts my kids. If I don't take care of myself, my kids are the ones who, who ultimately pay the price. Um, and, and so it, it just is, you know, this, this whole lockdown thing has, has been a, a very difficult, daunting task. And I kind of feel like coming up on 300 days today that it's, it, that's sort of kind of a milestone, uh, thing. And, and I, and I feel as overwhelmed and as tired as I am by this whole thing. I feel like that's a major accomplishment. You know, my, my oldest is immuno, uh, immunocompromised and my, my middle son has asthma and, uh, you know, nobody has gotten sick. I'm going to knock on wood there. Uh, nobody's gotten sick and we've been able to avoid COVID, which is, I mean, just spreading like crazy in Ohio right now. Uh, and I, and you know, at the end of the day, I think that's probably the most important thing, you know, because we can pick up the pieces and, and figure out school on the other end of this, uh, pandemic and we can figure out finances. We can figure out, you know, whatever we need to figure out on the other end of this. But if we don't survive it, then, you know, there's nothing to figure out. So I, I do think that, you know, survival is, is it's good. It's a good priority. <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to, uh, to say about that. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, and, and if you read the blog, I have been talking a lot about that recently, and that is, uh, the sort of status of, of my divorce. I'm going through a divorce. Uh, my wife and I were married in, uh, 2003, um, and separated in 2014 for a couple of years and then reconciled and then separated again, uh, in August of 2019. Um, I, I was sort of caught off guard both times and I, I, I was, um, 
it was very difficult for me. Both times it was very difficult for me. Uh, going through a divorce is, is tough. When you have kids who are autistic or have some other special needs, that, that sort of ups uh, the level of complexity, right? You know, autistic kids, they can feel things so intensely and, and the way that they sort of process the world around them, at least with my kids, um, they generalize, they, they struggle with, um, concepts, you know, like, um, it's, it's either all or nothing on or off dead or alive, good or bad. There's, there's, there's no nuance. There's no gray area, right? Trying to help kids navigate something like that is incredibly difficult on a good day in a normal situation. It's, it's infinitely more challenging when you're dealing with autistic kids. And then you can factor in the COVID pandemic, which is, I mean, they just sort of run parallel to each other right now. Um, but the reason that I talk about this is because I really think that it's important that, that we find ways to navigate parenting both during and after divorce in a way that is healthy and appropriate and productive and in the best interests of the kids uh, who you brought into this world together. Um, and, and for me, it's a very emotionally complex situation. It, it, I wrote about this the other day. Um, I, I don't, this is where it gets a little, a little sticky. I don't talk about the hows and whys of, of, of all of this. Um, not because I'm hiding anything, but because I, you know, this was not, this was not something that I wanted. This was not something that I, I, I looked for. It was not something that I saw coming. And so I feel like it's not my story to tell. And, and I'm trying to, uh, respect the privacy of others. And, and at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And none of that's helpful. I mean, even if you knew every, every nitty gritty detail of everything that's happened, it's not going to, it's not going to make a difference in your life. Um, however, talking openly and honestly about how I have chosen to manage the situation and what I do going forward, I think is very important. Uh, one of, one of the biggest challenges when it comes to divorce is there is a lot of emotional baggage you know, people are angry, they're pissed off at each other, you know, you're hurt or, you know, one spouse did something that has hurt you or, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is, there is, there can be a lot of emotional baggage associated with this. And, and that can be a very powerful driving force in your life. And for me, I was, I was very hurt. I, I was heartbroken. I was, confused and scared and sad and, and all of this plethora of emotions. Uh, and, and I, and I experienced them for a little while, but I found that hanging on to those emotions, um, it was hurting me, you know, being angry was not, was not helpful. Um, it, it consumed energy, right? It, it consumed energy. And as, as I'm, I'm, my kids live with me full time. Uh, and so they require a tremendous amount of, of time and energy and, and spending that energy on being angry about something that I have no control over is it's, 
it's fruitless. It's pointless. It's stupid. And, and I made a very conscious decision probably a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago that, that I will just, I'm going to just accept the way that things are, understand that I have no control, that I may not or ever understand the logic behind any of this, but it doesn't matter because if I'm angry or I am consumed with hatred or, or resentment, that, that is, it's like taking poison. It's toxic. And my kids need the best that I have to offer. And I can't do that if I'm consumed by all of these other emotions. And so I I decided to just to put them down and, and walk away from them. Now that doesn't mean like I don't ever feel these things because I, I, I do feel these things, you know? Um, but I, I have made a decision not to allow them to control or influence my decisions or my parenting going, going forward. Um, or from that point forward. And I, I know that's easier said than done because, you know, everybody's story is different. Uh, and everybody's situation is, is different. And there may be things that have happened that you just can't move past. I, I mean, I, I don't know your story. Um, but what I do know is that anger, it really, it, it doesn't help. Being angry is not going to change anything. Being angry is not going to make your kids feel better or help pick up the pieces of their shattered life. Being angry is not going to, to help you to move, move on. Uh, it's not. You know, you're only hurting yourself and, and ultimately probably hurting your kids. And, and so I just, I made the decision not to be angry and not to live in that place. Um, and, and, you know, it was, it was, it was very, that was a very profound experience because if you understand what marriage means to me, you understand how significant of an impact the termination of my marriage is going to have on me at this point in time. What are we? Uh, December thirtieth. Um, the our our separation agreement has been has been all worked out. Uh, everything was just signed with the attorneys and has been filed with the courts, and we're just waiting on a court date, something sometime in February, I think. Um, so it actually hasn't happened yet as of as of recording this. Um, but living every day knowing that my marriage is over is, is something that is tough for me to, to deal with. And there are times that I do get angry because I'm, I'm one of those weird people who I guess weird, who, um, you know, I envision being married, you know, like my grandparents were married like 50 years, uh, before my grandmother passed and, and my parents are, are over 40 years. And, and I wanted that, you know, I, I wanted to grow old with one person and, and, and build all these memories and all these things and, and getting a divorce takes all of that away. And that's tough uh, for me. And, and it's, it would be very easy for me to, to be resentful and to be angry. Uh, and, and, you know, it just, it just doesn't help. It really, it really doesn't. I don't know how else to, to put that. Um, I feel like the best way for me to move forward is to let go. And as hard as that is, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. I feel like, I feel like I'm doing much better than what I thought I would be doing under these circumstances. I feel like I have been able to manage not only being a single parent, um, but because I knew I could do that because we were separated for, for about two years 
a few years back and, uh, and I had the kids on my own then. And, and so I knew that I was able to manage that. Um, but being able to manage that while you're dealing with the grief of knowing that your, your marriage is over and, and living through a global pandemic, managing remote learning, trying to work from home, dealing with, with all these millions of things that are sort of raining down. Um, it's difficult. It really is. It's overwhelming. It's exhausting. It's physically and emotionally draining. Um, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty good considering all of that. You know, I, I'm, my, my depression is managed for the most part. Uh, I think, you know, whatever is, is, is still present is sort of par for the course at this point in time <laughs> with, with everything that's going on. Um, but I guess the whole point of this, the whole point of this is, is that I don't have to agree with anything that's happened. I don't have to condone anything that's happened. I don't have to be like, I'm thrilled my marriage is over. I don't have to be anything like that. However, I still have to co-parent with, uh, with my soon to be my ex-wife. We're still parents, you know, getting divorced does not, does, does not stop us from being parents. And, and Liz and I have found a way to, to make that work. You know, there is, there's no anger there. There really isn't. I mean, we get along fine. There's no, there's no problems there. Uh, you know, we work as a team is as best as we can considering, you know, everything that we have kind of working against us, that meaning COVID really, because, um, I mentioned, I think that my oldest, our oldest is immunocompromised and, uh, she has, well, there's three people in her household, including herself who are high risk as well. And so we've had to sort of, um, limit visits, uh, with the kids. So, you know, the kids don't go over, I think they've been over two times, three times this year, uh, since COVID started. And, uh, and that sucks for, for a million reasons. You know, I don't get a break, which sucks. Um, she doesn't get to see the kids, which sucks. They don't get to see her, which sucks. Uh, but we decided very early on that, you know, the priority was going to be health and safety above anything else. Uh, because, you know, getting through this is, is the priority because on the other end of this, we can make up the visits, we can make up lost, you know, time. I mean, you can't make it up. You're not going to like reestablish memories and whatever, but, but we can, we can forge a new path forward because we'll all be here to do that. If, if we tried to force something that wasn't safe just for the sake of making it happen, we could potentially be putting, we wouldn't even potentially be, but we would definitely be putting people at risk and, and as you're aware, not everybody survives COVID. I mean, there, there's 300 and almost 40,000 people who've died so far this year. And, uh, and not all of them are high risk. And, and we have five high risk people between the households. And so it just, you know, it, it isn't worth it. Um, but, you know, we have found a way to, to work as a team. You know, we've been creative with, um, you know, keeping in contact, uh, we have the uh, Facebook portal thing that you put on a TV, the camera, so the kids can, uh, like video chat with, with, you know, Liz and her parents, uh, or my parents or whoever, you know, they, they want to, they want to chat with, uh, and it, it doesn't replace physical contact because it just doesn't, uh, you know, but she was able to watch the kids open their presents and, you know, my parents were able to watch the kids open their presents. I mean, it was just a, it's a very cool experience and, and it's sort of making the best out of a, a bad situation. So, 
it's really, it's really important. I think that regardless of, of what happened that ended your marriage, regardless of who hurt who or how it happened, uh, that you find a way to co-parent. It's so important. You know, this is, I, I think divorce is probably one of the worst things that can happen to a child. Um, is, is seeing that safety net, that, that family unit be broken, at least least in their mind, have it, have it be broken. Um, it's scary. It makes you question everything in your life. And, and kids have this miraculous way of always finding a way to blame themselves, uh, for whatever happens. And, and so, you know, we, we can't always prevent them from from being hurt. We can't always prevent them from blaming themselves. But what we can do is, is continue to show a united front, you know, make sure that they understand that no matter how, how our family has changed, that, that we're still family, you know, um, the kids understand that, that we're getting divorced and, um, that it's, it's going to be happening. It'll be happening soon. Um, you know, they understand as much as they need to understand. And, you know, I mean, they're not happy about it, but they've, they've had some time to adjust. And, and I think especially when COVID is done and we can get regular visits reestablished, I think that'll make things a lot easier for them, you know, but for right now they're doing okay. I think, uh, you know, we try to do therapy every Tuesday. They don't always want to cooperate, but you know, it just sort of is what it is. I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go into the details of of, of the sort of settlement that we reached, whatever, but you know, we worked everything out. There's no, there's no fighting. There's no animosity. There's, there's nothing. It was very peaceful. It was very, uh, it was very civil. You know, my attorney was very clear that she feels like the way that we're handling this is the best way we can handle it for the kids. And that she wishes more people would handle things like this. And, uh, it doesn't mean that I'm happy about everything, but I, I do recognize that it's it's the best thing to do, and I do recognize that I'm going to be okay, and that you know hopefully someday I will be able to remarry, and I'll I'll you know be able to rebuild that part of my life. But for right now, you know my focus is is closure and, and, and getting this done, uh, and and then you know making sure that the kids get through this, kind of rebuilding myself in a sense that um, you know when you're with somebody for 20 years you can sometimes that line between you and them can become blurred. Right. And you sort of, you sort of maybe lose your identity a little bit. And so, uh, I I think it's important that, that I sort of reestablish myself as an individual and, and work on, uh, you know, personal things for me, you know, uh, I want to get back in shape. I want to, I want to, um, you know, continue to grow this podcast. I want to get the business off the ground so that I can get, or continue to grow the business to, to keep, uh, you know, money coming in so that I can feed my kids and, uh, you know, get us out of this house. We live in a bad neighborhood and, you know, the kids need to be somewhere that's safer. Um, so, so I'm trying to focus on, on things that I have control over. I don't have control over whether I'm getting divorced. I mean, that, that's, that, that decision was not mine to make. And, but what is my decision to make is how I handle it. And I have chosen to, to make the best out of a, uh, a difficult situation. And, and I think that that has worked out 
to the benefit of, of everybody involved. You know, Liz and I are still a parenting team. I call her my co-parent in crime. And, uh, you know, if I need something, I can call her and she can help me out over the phone. Um, you know, we, we make decisions together all the time. I mean, it, it's in a lot of ways, it's the same. And in a lot of ways, it's very different, but it's working. And, uh, and I think that's what matters, you know, and the better we get along, the, the safer the kids feel, you know, the, the, the more secure they feel that everything is going to be okay. And, and it will be, uh, you know, and as time goes on, it'll get better and better and better. And, and, and they'll become, you know, more confident that, um, despite things being significantly different that, you know, that the world hasn't ended. Um, and so I guess, I guess my point in, in this is just, is just reminding everybody that the world is bigger than you. The world is bigger than me. Right. And I have to remember that all the time. I'm allowed to be hurt. I'm allowed to be angry. Sometimes I'm allowed to experience human emotion, but I, I, I cannot allow that to be a driving force in my life. I cannot allow frustration or anger to heavily influence anything that I'm doing. And, and the best way for me to do that is, is to just let that stuff go, you know, just, just let that shit go. And I, I, I really think if you can find a way to do that, that you'll be all the better for it. The kids will be better for it. You know, the relationship that you have to rebuild with your, your ex-spouse or the other parent or partner or whatever, um, will be easier to rebuild. You know, it's never going to be the same, you know, people ideally in some cases, people want to be best friends after they're divorced. I don't think I can do that. I mean, just straight up being honest with you. I don't think I can do that. Um, I can get along. I can be civil. I can be, you know, she will always command my respect because she's the mother of my kids. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know how I would define our relationship going forward aside from being parents and being a parenting team. I, you know, friendship, I know that sounds terrible, but I'm trying to be honest <laughs> here. And, and I, I don't know, I haven't figured that part of it out. Maybe someday I'll, I'll be able to, you know, be friends. Um, you know, but for now we're, we're, we're working on reestablishing trust and, and, uh, and just working together because that's at this point in time, that's the most important thing. And, and I feel like we've got a really good handle on that. You know, uh, you know, she's, she places a lot of trust in me, obviously, because I have the kids and, and I place, you know, a lot of trust in her. And, you know, if, if I need something, I know that I could call her. If she needs something, she knows she can call me and, you know, everything that's happened doesn't, doesn't change that. Um, and, and the best part is that the kids see us working together. They see us getting along. They see us, uh, being civil and working together and, and that, that is very reassuring. It's very comforting uh, for them, I think. And so I guess as, as we're going into 2021, I, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your relationship status is. But if you are going through a situation like mine, I would strongly encourage you to really evaluate how you're approaching the situation and and do your best to, to let go of the negativity and and focus on moving forward. You know, it's hard to move forward when you're carrying all that shit with you. And, and, and I know it's not easy and, you know, I feel okay offering this up because I'm doing it myself. So I'm not asking anything or suggesting anything that I'm not doing myself. Uh, so I do know that it's challenging. Um, and it's not always easy, 
but I think the benefits far outweigh the cost and, and the effort, you know, it's so much easier. It's so much more rewarding at this point, having let go of all of those things um, and not allowing them to kind of dictate the direction I took my life. Uh, and, and I feel good about that, you know? So am I thrilled that I'm getting divorced? No, I'm not thrilled that I'm getting divorced. I, I understand it's the right thing to do. I have accepted it, but it doesn't mean that I it was something that I wanted. Um, but I feel like at this point, I have adapted. I, I have made decisions, you know, about the direction that I'm I'm going to take going forward, and and we have we have managed to to rebuild something that allows us to be the best parents uh, we can be, and and I think that's something to be proud of. And I and I think that at the end of the day, is is awful as divorce is, at least I mean for me, as awful as it is, there is some positive that can come out of this, and. And I'm hoping that by sharing uh, our our journey or my journey, because I only want to speak for myself. I don't, I, I won't speak uh, for her because she has her own voice and, and she can share her story or, or her thoughts whenever she wants to. She's free to do that. Um, I'm choosing to respect her privacy. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm sharing my, my part of this journey. So I know it seems one-sided, but that's only because I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to balance privacy and, and things like that. But uh, you know, but I, you know, I'll share decisions that we've made together and, 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 and things like that. And, and I, and I just think if I can try and set a positive example that, that maybe, maybe it can help encourage people to, to find a similar path. And, uh, you know, I, I never in a million years thought that I would be sitting here talking to you guys about this. Um, I never in a million years thought that I would be sitting here actually living through this. Uh, but you know what life is, life is life, I guess, (laughs) you know, a lot of things happen and we have to be able to kind of roll the punches and and deal with it. And, and, uh, so anyhow, you know, please just evaluate how, how you're doing in in your particular situation. Do your best to, to let go of, of the negative emotions. If you can, you know, it's, it's helpful to talk to a therapist. I mean, I know it sounds cliche and I know people like, don't like to do that, but talking to a therapist can be life altering, uh, especially in situations that are super emotionally challenging, like something like divorce. Um, but take care of yourself, you know, open lines of communication, be consistent, uh, you know, be honest and, and work together as best you can. You know, I always tell people that, you know, one of the things you have to figure out how to do in the very beginning is to stow your shit and work together. It's just what you got to do. You don't have to like the other person, uh, but you do have to work together. And it's easier to do that if you're civil and if you get along and if you find a way uh, to be a team, because not only will it make your job easier, but it's going to improve the quality of life of your kids. They will, they will, they will come out the other end of this, um, you know, better adjusted and, and, and with the understanding that, you know, divorce isn't the end of the world, that mom and dad still love us. They still work together because they're still there for us. And, you know, it's, it's peaceful and civil and it's just not fighting or anything nasty. So I just, I just wanted to share that. Uh, I've been writing about it a lot and I don't know how many of you actually read the blog versus listen to the podcast. Uh, but I, I just wanted to, to have that conversation here and, uh, and, you know, hopefully that helps somebody. So again, this is, uh, it's December 30th right now. So, uh, we're approaching the new year. 
please, please stay safe, guys. Wear your mask. Listen to the public health care officials. Uh, if you are able to get the COVID vaccine, for the love of God, get the COVID vaccine. Um, social distance. Stay home. If you can work from home, work from home. I, I know it's challenging, you know, but but uh, if you do have that ability, it really is a blessing to be able to uh, to stay home and still continue to provide for your family because not everybody can do that. So stay safe. Uh, I love you guys. And I think season four will begin, uh, sometime in February. I think I, I haven't nailed down the exact date yet, but I'll uh, share it on social media. So again, uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me at the autism All my social links are at the top of the page. Uh, you can hit me up Twitter, Facebook, uh, more on Twitter than anything else, but you can shoot me a message. I'm always looking for, uh, guests for the upcoming season. So if you're interested, uh, you can shoot me a mail, uh, email from, uh, I think there's even a link in the show notes below. You can, you can send me a message directly from there or just visit my blog. There's a contact uh, me page and, and, and shoot me a message and we'll try and work something out. Uh, take care. You guys have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and have a safe and happy new year. We'll see you later. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.